0: You're listening to Kiss Story and Brothers. Hey, welcome to Kiss Kistorian. This is Dave. How are you guys doing? Well, I guess it was, maybe it was 46 years ago, a couple days ago, that the unbelievable Rock and Roll Over, Rock and Roll Over, I was in a band called Roll Over. That's how close Rock and Roll Over is to me. Um, not only was uh, the first KISS song I ever heard, Dr. Love, uh and then got it on a Ronco uh greatest hits item but this record is really like the original lineup playing as hot as they could play live as they did on a live one and a live two but in a studio but in this case in a studio in the sense of a studio recording but in fact in a theater which is You know, maybe something nobody's really touched on is the pure genius. Hold on, I got to turn the record down a bit. The pure genius of Gene and Paul and and Eddie Kramer deciding to go up to Nanuet Theater or whatever. Because you got Ace just across the bridge there, right? And (laughs) they're not in the city, so they're not going to. They're sort of semi sequestered from their party buddies. Um. And they can sort of, well now they're also better players from touring. And the structured uh, process that they did with Destroyer, this was a complete antithesis of this. This is with their their buddy Eddie Kramer from the way back, who, uh, you know, did a live one and did their initial demo. So there's total comfort. Uh, so much comfort. In fact, of course, that Ace Braley ends up recording with him later. Holy fuck! I know Paul and Gene talk about never. Well, Paul, about you know, no one will appreciate the new music. He's missing the point. <laughs> it's all about new music, bro. Anyway, um, what if they could get Eddie Kramer? Even if it was just to do a hot single every now and then and get back to, you know, what they did with Monster and Sonic Boom in terms of basically creating sort of well, rock and roll over big sounding studio records. Um, Love Gun's much thinner. I can't believe I just let that roll through without talking about I Want You and we're into Take Me. Well, I Want You is a great start to the record. I, when I was a kid, I didn't really like I Want You. I don't know, there was something there like, I didn't like it as much as I Stole Your Love or, and Take Me is sort of semi-kiss filler, call it 76 filler, but it holds up today extremely well. And it's got a great back pocket. But anyway, just to talk about my initial thoughts on Rock and Roll Over. It doesn't sound like it's in a theater. I mean, you know, nothing's uh, sort of lost in the wash. You can hear the cymbals great. Um, I love the drum sound. I love how full Ace's sound is and how sparse his playing is on the solos on this. The record's a tad short, not not as short as uh, Dress to Kill, but, um, you know, they they all hit you differently through your life when you're a, a KISS fan, right? You know, on Revisit. So the other day, of course, I cranked this on, you know, as loud as I could play it and listen to the whole record, and I was also struck by... Uh, how tight uh, Gene and Peter are as a rhythm section, you know? Um, Man, what a great fucking rock record. Dr. Love uh, will always have a sweet spot in my heart Um, it was Valentine's Day and um, I had to go to the dentist that morning or something or we were running late for school but my mom that day when I got home she gave me a present which was a Ronco record with all these songs on it and Dr. Love was on it because on the way into school I had heard Dr. Love on the radio and I was like, I waited until the song ended and they said, that's Kiss with Dr. Love. And I was like, I want that. I'm like, mom, I want that. And she's like, well, then you'll have to save your allowance and buy it. I'm like, oh my God, the cowbell, the voice. It just didn't sound like anything else on the radio, right? Um, I hadn't heard rock and roll all night yet. And, um, excuse me, a little bit of heartburn. I went to a Bears-Lions party, and there was like kielbasa. Whew! Anyway. (laughs) Um, The funny thing is, the first step of the cure is a kiss. My first kiss was that day. I was in love with this girl. It was fourth grade, and I asked her boyfriend at the time. I said, can I kiss Michelle for her birthday? And he said, sure. So I had to take the bus, but she would walk to her place. So as she was leaving, I said, Michelle, can I tell you a secret? And she was like, okay. And I literally went, and then I kissed her cheek and she screamed, right? Yuck. And I was so embarrassed and I ran and I cried and I got home and my mom had got me that record. And on there is this uh, Bass City Rollers song, which was the next track after Dr. Love. And it's, uh, the way I feel tonight. Anyway, uh, God, I, I wept. Anyway, so it was a heavy day for me. It was my first kiss, and it was the first time I heard kiss. One of the greatest Les Paul solos of all time. And that final bend, you don't, it's like I've listened to it a million times. And like like a year ago, I heard it in a different way. I think it was because I got to hear the uh, uh, isolated tracks that our Kiss friends are kind enough to put, you know, pop online for us. You know, I don't know if this is a cool idea for a podcast or not, or if anybody has any interest in hearing what the fuck I have to say. Uh, except that... <laughs> Yeah, except that, you know, I'm a huge KISS fan. Um, This is a awesome drum track. And uh, you know, the live track that Peter does on Alive 2 is pretty cool, too. Um, But none of the other drummers who played the other drummers, we know who they are, Um, can touch this groove. I mean, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Gene and Paul can can lie all they want. I mean, that's the shit. This is the shit, too. This is the warmest KISS record of all time. The bass tone on this record, and the guitar tones, um, and the space, uh, and the the bass is really prevalent, even when he goes up high. I mean, Gene's always had awesome bass tone uh, recording-wise, you know, except for maybe, you know, when the 80s, you know, turned him into a robot. They had to. But that um, real bass players, if you hang out and you play them Kiss, early Kiss, they're like, oh shit, that's cool. And uh, they'll tell you that like, you know, what's awesome is the Kiss songs, like the bass really sticks out. When I was a kid, all I could ever hear was guitars. Um, But so this song is basically a sort of a, a Stones, you know, Slade's song. Uh there's great drums on it. And, I mean, Gene's vocals and Ace's leads. It's just like, it's like they've mastered the KISS sound and Eddie Kramer's like, I know exactly what to do with where you guys are at with these tunes. holy shit baby driver kind of weird right when you think about it it's side one and uh, you know they're holding back uh, Hard Luck Woman which is going to be you know a (laughs) single so uh, probably at Eddie's behest I mean that's the story right Uh, it's like a Rod Stewart like hit of course Paul wrote it for Rod sure he did who God knows Oh, uh, and Paul had to work so hard to get Peter to sing it. I don't think so, man. When he got up there at the reunion thing that he did at the convention, Peter got up there and the band was alive, and when he walked off, Paul said, like, probably the coolest thing he's ever said. Paul goes, he sounds better than us. You're damn right, motherfucker. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I've heard them working on this song, you know, and I, I feel like it was patched together by Gene and Paul you know, to help it, give it its gravitas. Um, and Eddie probably like reined it in for everybody at some point. Uh, but there's very few vocalists that can scream like Peter Chris. Um, some of the screams on this are, you know, maybe it was from his uh, primal scream therapy uh, you know, sessions. God knows, but my God. You know what? I might have liked another verse here, but um, I love the the double bend uh, counter melody that Ace is doing throughout, and it's just uh, it's like it's like kiss bad company, you know. I didn't know I couldn't understand why Peter was screaming when I was a kid, but now I think I know. Dropping the needle. Side two, rock and roll over, 1976. Side may need cleaning. Certainly Gene's mind needs cleaning. Um, You know, in today's woke culture, um, (laughs) love them, leave them is rough as it gets. And Gene's growl on this is is just, it's kind of historic You know, I think it's slightly overlooked. I mean, KISS always gives it all they've got, their vocal tracks and shit. Like, if you think you can play KISS, fine. You think he can sing Kiss? Suck my dick, it ain't easy. And I think Eddie got great performances out of everybody. Like, you know, he got Gene to sing like Gene would sing live when he's looking at some chicks in the front row who are going, who the fuck is this freak? And he's going, rah, you know? But this is, talk about true confessions. Mon dieu, you know? And really short song, I mean, with the longest ending chorus of all time. I'm surprised they even have a second verse. Right. You're kind of a throwaway line. You could do better. But this is devastating. The songwriting there with with you, but I, you know, that little turnaround is still smart. That's why I think critics were sort of like, you know, this is pretty, like, binging, uh, you know, verging on date Ray Brock, and then also it's really smart. And yet, you know, I mean, the knack got shut down because Kiss were Kabuki and too big to stop. They got away with it, but I mean, some of the lyrics on this are, are, are crazy. And you know, if you plot together Gene's songs over this this period here, you know, it sounds like <laughs> there might be, you know, need for an intervention. Chuck's Kistorians, I just love Mr. Speed. I loved it the first time I heard it. I had just picked up a Golden Platinum uh, Leonard Skynyrd record, you know, it's like my first few purchases. In the 70s, you know, you would, if you were like into a band and you could afford a record, you'd go for the double record, possibly the live record. Anyway, this was so Skynyrd. And I just loved this harmony it's like there's a little bit of like we're gonna harmonize like but they didn't really pretty it up you know as much as one might be able to like you know or they would with 80s back vocals and shit and if you pop on the earphones you know if you're listening on a good stereo especially on a turntable you can hear their voices very distinctly and it's awesome probably, possibly my favorite Paul Stanley tune. It's just smart and sexy, whereas like Making Love is like too over the top. You know, it's Made It Clear But Baby You Can't See Me. You know, it's like Beatles smart. And me, you know. It's at the right time. Um, and, you know, I didn't get to listen to the record probably till later. Um, you know, in terms of getting the record, you know. I didn't, you know, when you're a little kid, you don't know, oh, this one just came out or you're like, I want that one, you know. You know, Ace is so laid back on the solos. They like rock and the timing is great, but he doesn't, There's no, he sounds super relaxed. Um, You know, it's a party record. You could pop this on and not bum anybody out. You know? Um, If I'm trying to convert somebody, rock and roll over is a go-to, you know? Uh, It's very comfortable for me. And most people go, oh yeah, okay, wow, I didn't, this is Kiss. Oh man, this is pretty fun, right? It's pretty loose. And they're playing probably as well as they've ever played. You know, Love Gun is also, you know, on that level. It's probably a better record, okay? But the warmth of this record and the, the tunes in the order they're presented and, you know, on the same item just work see you in your dreams you know a couple of Jean songs have great verses and then just like these repeat outros you know but i do love peter's drum sound on all of this my god Oh, this is majestic kiss. I mean, it's all right. I feel like on some of these songs, you know, it seems like Paul, like, infringed on Gene's songs. Like, like his voice is too loud as a counterpoint. There's another time that happens. Um, But I love how Gene is like very, you know, it's really funny to talk about direct messaging, like you, young girl in your room, I'm thinking about you. You're listening to my record and I want to screw you. I mean, my God. But as far as like, you know, being on message, on brand, it's diabolical. And as usual which everybody forgets is even if a kiss song kind of sucked ace would take you somewhere else and you would look forward to ace's solo that's what's lost on like anybody who's like thinking about history like in a like a very like like all-encompassing way the fact is ace fraley carried kiss through some shitty rock songs To Paul's credit, this is not a shitty song. And to Paul's credit, he allowed Peter Chris to sing it, right? Um, I'd be curious, you know, to hear how Paul would have sung it differently. I've heard him when he's done it acoustically and he takes a different vocal line. And that may be because, you know, because of if he's doing it, you know, at low volume acoustically, and his voice has changed and all this, and he's not gonna imitate Peter Chris. But you know, the melody is the melody. <laughs> and this is a beautiful song. And Peter Chris fucking nails not only the vocal, but the drums, right? Um, it's probably, you know, if you wanted to like, you know, as far as yacht rock goes, this is Kiss's finest yacht rock. You know, and to nail at home, he even references sort of brandy, right? Rags, though. But, you know, Peter could sell a song. If Peter would have, if i I'm sorry, if Paul sang this, rags, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it works. And wipe the tears from your Imagine Ace singing it, right? Or Ace doing a version of it, right? Imagine Gene singing it. I wonder if that little turnaround there Paul wrote or if that was like Eddie Kramer, you know, uh, Anyway, a great mix again and just really warm and uh, would fit on any Rod Stewart record. And of course the album finishes with their most sep offering of all time, Making Love. Yeah, it's it's whole lot of love meets you know communication breakdown and they wouldn't be able to get away with it if Ace Fraley couldn't knock you know like a real pagey fucking rip perhaps better than anybody else you know for whatever reason Ace has the the most pagey quality of any lead guitarist I've ever heard he doesn't have the melodic genius that Jimmy has But I never liked this tune as a kid, but the version on Alive 2 is so killer. And you know the solo is so hot and the groove is so hot. You know, it's like it's almost metal and it's a very loud song. I like the acoustic guitar added on this. Again, pretty warm shit, but this is an obnoxious rock song, right? I mean, Paul's like, love, love. I mean, it's really repetitive of obnoxious, but this may be why Ace Braley's my fucking rock hero. Check out the live versions of that. When Paul kicks into the vocals, Ace always does something a little different. In that one, he, or on a live two, he does like this really freaky chromatic run. Um, I also love Peter's fills on this. Um, right here. I mean, if you don't like Peter, Chris, I don't like you. You're listening to Kistorian Brothers. Phone calls about KISS from your friends at Kistorian.com. The originals, keeping it real since 2010.